keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome, everybody, to Wrestle Roasts, a Wrestle Roasts Thanksgiving. I know we said we were just going to be doing the roast of Teddy Hart and the roast of CM Punk this week, which we will be doing. Those roasts will be immediately following this. But we decided to save some stuff for this week's episode, mostly remnants from last week's episode, the We Must Hate Ourselves World Cup and uh, our Survivor Series Snake Team. And what we're thankful at for as 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 wrestling fans and as uh, as bearded weirdos, Mike and Robert, how you doing? Good, doing well. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Scott, Scott will thank us uh, for all you dope heads out there. Dope feet. Okay, so we should we should start with we must hate ourselves World Cup because the snake draft was all of us together. Um, so, I found this on the web. God damn it. My fucking, it's either my dogs or this goddamn Siri. Um, <laughs> we must hate ourselves. World Cup. Folks, we're at a, we're at one that I actually think this is pretty easy, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see what you guys think. Um, it's going to be stuttering Matt Morgan versus naked Midian. Mike, your take. I'm going stuttering Matt Morgan. Uh, both, both of these are bad gimmicks, but it's all about how the performer takes it. And Naked Midian makes the most out of Naked Midian. And you can feel stuttering Matt Morgan's heartbreaking every time he's on screen. It, you just, it just feels sad. Like, you know, you watch wrestling to feel good and you know that the guy hates the gimmick. And it's like the, the naked Midian gimmick, in a way, is more of a of, of a rib. Like, you're running around. And one, it's also false advertising. He's not actually naked. He's in a thong. But, um, you know, but it's like, hey, look, this guy has a terrible body and he's running around. Ha, ha, ha. But he, like, makes the most of it. And he has fun with it. And then, yeah, stuttering Matt Morgan, it's like, I watched, there was like a clip of um, John Cena, where John Cena is making fun of him, but then also like makes fun of his hair thinning and all these other things. And you just, you just really, uh, <laughs> you just really feel for the guy, <laughs> like in, in, in a way that like, I didn't even feel for like the Red Rooster. You're just like well, yeah, maybe it's weird. It's weird with these gimmicks. This week, it's like a real. I like the guy more than the like. I feel I actually see the guy through the gimmick in both cases, yeah. and like I kind of feel sorry. Especially you know, like like Minion kind of look. I'm not saying like if you have a body like that, and you get into wrestling, you know, you're not going to be used as fucking the top guy. So it's like, but like Matt Morgan, 
who is like one of the biggest guys they've probably ever had. I'm not talking about tallest or fattest, but as far as like actually like compact and everything making sense. I mean, he really, I mean, the blueprint worked because he looked like that. The, you know, I mean, to quote Mr. Uh, Mr. Richard, our, uh, pod, our pod father, uh, and then the bell rang. That was basically the problem with Matt. Um, I'll give my pick after Robert. Uh, Robert, who do you, uh, who do you got? My pick on this is uh, is Naked Midian. Whoa! Um, I think the the justification for both of these is stuttering Matt Morgan is a stupid Vince idea. Where I understand what Vince was thinking, because you know, Dan, to your to your point, Matt Morgan looks like he's chiseled out of granite. He looks like a can't miss star. The yeah. problem with Matt Morgan is he has no discernible personality and he's not very good in the ring and vince's dude he got a bad match out of christopher daniels at that tna show we watched and this was when christopher daniels was like during the x division like well a little bit after that but still it was not the aew christopher daniels in ring no but uh the the idea that vince had was he loved this idea that a beautiful woman you'd see her walk by and then she has like a deep bass voice or like man hands from Seinfeld. He liked this idea of there was something flawed about this person and that makes them interesting and stuttering gimmicks in wrestling have worked, uh, worked for Bubba Ray when he was in ECW it worked for Goldust when he got electrocuted. It gave Matt Morgan something when he had nothing. The problem with naked Midian is it's the kind of character that has no longevity because you can't keep doing it. Uh, it's uncomfortable to do that sort of gimmick around kids. It has a limiting effect in terms of your audience. Yes, it's body shaming because they think all that's really, really funny. I think the problem with it was Midian couldn't work like that. And Midian was not a bad worker. You took somebody from your roster and now you can't use him. Whereas stuttering Matt Morgan they at least gave something to a guy who couldn't work otherwise. So as far as the progression of a gimmick and the advantage of a gimmick, the purpose of it is to put a guy on TV and use him. Naked Midian, you couldn't use him for wrestling purposes anymore, and he was still a capable hand in the ring that you you depleted yourself of versus stuttering Matt Morgan, which was he's going to have a bad match, but at least they're going to do something with the stuttering gimmick. Well, that's a, that's a really – I'm going to go – I'm gonna, I agree with Mike, but that's a great argument – uh, for for it being naked Midian is the worst gimmick. Um, my thing is the only th- the thing that made me push and maybe said thought that like Matt Morgan is the worst gimmick is you never get to see Midian's dick. And like with a streaker, we always get to see their dicks. We get to see it when they run during the World Series or the Oscars. I mean, I'm not saying I want to see Midian's dick, but I kind of want to see Midian's dick. Um, <clears throat> but I gotta go. I, I gotta go with Matt Morgan just because. I mean, the simple fact that like the one clip that I, which really it has nothing to do with Midian, it's more to do with Regal, but the one clip I saw was a William Regal versus Crash Holly clip where Naked Midian came in and the face that Regal gives Naked Midian when he's dancing naked is so fucking great that I'm like, all right, well, at least you got good faces off your other wrestlers. And yes, he was a good wrestler, Robert, but he wasn't like, well, obviously he wasn't great. I don't even know if he was like, Okay, what's like a really good hand that um, that we would talk about? Okay, um, Frank Frankie Kazarian. There we go. He was like nowhere near that guy's level, you know. So um, yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, 
I'm going to go with naked. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to go with uh, Matt Morgan as the worst gimmick. I just think it's, it's so bizarre that they couldn't, I mean, <clears throat> do something with that guy. When you think of like Omos, you know, like, cause Omos is probably as limited in the ring as Matt Morgan is. I mean, we don't know for sure. Cause, the, but they, the, the reason we don't know for sure is cause they have him do way less, you know? Um, so yeah, but this was, was also an era where they took a lot of guys who were not ready for TV, but they had the physique and they just put them on television. They did it with Luther Reigns. They did it with Matt Morgan. They did it with Nathan Jones. They just took someone that looked like they couldn't miss and let's just put them on TV and see what happens. Matt Morgan was ill-prepared to be on television at this point in time. And when they put him out there and you give him this ridiculous gimmick, there's no going back from that, which was unfortunate for him. But then he was in TNA and showed maybe there was a reason where there was nothing else you could do with this guy because oh, you, yeah. you can't protect him the way you can protect Omos. Omos is freakishly super deluxe tall to a degree where he's better than Kali. But if he just walks out there, people are like, holy shit. Matt Morgan was a big guy, but there were plenty of other big, tall guys that they had at the time. He didn't stand out because of that. Yeah, but to me, it's like if you if you look at both gimmicks, only one of them is burning a pile of money. And <laughs> that's the stuttering Matt Morgan gimmick. You know, with, with Naked Midian, Naked Midian was also at an era where they were just throwing every wacky thing at the wall, and, and a lot of it did stick. And what's interesting is, uh, Dan, you were saying, I watched the the payoff match, Regal versus Naked Midian, and it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it is Regal, but it's like, you know, because Naked Midian, the whole thing is that he's like, I won't wrestle you if you are naked. And then... Uh, Midian like knocks him out and then takes his pants off and the fucking <laughs> reveal look that Regal gives is I mean Regal Regal's like maybe one of the best comedic wrestlers ever like the facial reaction I think in like, ring he's the best ever I don't know about on promo but I think in ring he's he's great on promo I'm not saying that yeah before. I mean he's in just in a fantastic wrestler anyways ever. but like you know playing that snooty British character like mm-hmm. the one thing you need to do Oh, you know, <laughs> which is funny because when we talked about Eugene, part of the saving grace for Eugene was William Regal. Um, mm-hmm. anything he tends to be involved in, with the exception of the man's man gimmick, which was just really bizarre, like a strange fever dream. Regal is just good at any role you give. Dude, him. I gotta he say, was the I like guy. man's man. I'm, I'm like the one person on the planet who did, but it was just the song, goofy. but the song was good, but it was goofy for him. Um, since that was never his shtick he's the guy who i wish kind of like teddy long would have just been the permanent gm on on raw he plays that role well he's great he's fantastic on nxt as the gm because i think the british accent adds a degree of authenticity phenomenal phenomenal on nxt he's the best gm since vince without a doubt like when, when i came back to wrestling and i found out he was actually british i was shocked because, you know, a lot of times, like, the people from the other countries aren't from other countries. And he was so good at playing. This, well, he's doing, you know, it's weird, Mike, you mentioned that. Because he's doing, he's definitely doing his own version of what Americans think a British accent is. Oh, if you hear, and even if you hear, hear him interviewed on, on podcasts, it's much more casual. And and it's honestly, the 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 kind of his, his accent is a combination of Florida and England, you know? It's... <laughs> It's a little bit different. 
it's also weird because when when you meet him, like he introduced himself as Steven. And I'm like, no, like I get that that was your like your WCW name and your real name. But no, it's more fun to call you William. It's more regal and appropriate <laughs> than like, hey, Steve. It's just it doesn't work. Is there is it, Robert? Is there any wrestler that wants you to buy their real name and not their gimmick name? Is there anyone who wants me to call, call them by their real name, not their gimmick name? Is that yeah, you cut right, off? Right. When Undertaker, you call Undertaker. Yeah, yeah. It's is there the, anyone the, who's like, no, you you learned my real name and you called me that? Um, there's a couple guys that went like uh, Viscera only went by Nelson. Okay. If you talk to him, it's it like I am not. The rule was, however they introduce themselves to you is what you call them. Um, there were a few guys like Undertaker was Undertaker no matter what. That was the only one like Vince. And then Stephanie gave the speech when you, when you first got hired. She's like, in the office he's hunter at home he's paul so she still calls him hunter when when we're at the when we're in the office even though it's her husband like it's so there's there's always a gray area but the rule of thumb we were always told was however they want to be however they introduce themselves the first time because you know you have to do that bullshit of shaking everybody's hand every week that you're at tv it's so funny that like you know like (laughs) you're basically doing with wrestlers uh like for a group that is naturally kind of well not everybody in wrestling but a lot of wrestlers are bigoted towards trans people it's kind of the same <laughs> pool <laughs> you know like like make sure you talk about the pronoun right or else you insult yeah. them yeah my yeah my pronouns are he him and undertaker yes. <laughs> and yes. the dead man <laughs> undertaker's very daniel day lewis in the way that he approaches things it's like the minute he's there he's he's the living dead man yeah but uh, i heard that he's also like pretty funny like outside. he's very funny yeah he's he's sneakily very very funny some of it's like some of the guys that you want to highlight their personality but you can't on tv because of what their character is and he's up there as a guy who's just kind of a sarcastic dick but well, then he has to go weird about him is like you know you could make the argument that like you know you know a lot of these guys who are like big trump guys or big republican guys where you're like well, they only have like, you know, white friends and they're isolated, but like all of Undertaker's friends were diverse, you know, coming up like, like, uh, you know, uh, the Godfather and, and Fatu and you like, it, so it's, it's just weird seeing him in these like throwback photos where he kind of looks like he's dressed like a member of NWA with these guys. And then now he's like, you know, Mr. Blue Lives Matter. It's it's very bizarre to see. Oh, yeah. he, he's definitely having a barbecue over the Rittenhouse verdict right now. Yeah, but you know what? He invited a bunch of black people. That's the thing that's confusing about it. You know what I mean? Because his friends are genuinely, like a lot of his friends are black guys, you know? Like, so it's, it's I don't know. It, it's just very, uh, very bizarre to me. So, um, yeah. Um, ah, Jesus, my dog's again. All right. Well, well, I mean, Scott was supposed to be here at this point. So, I mean, we're supposed to do a Survivor's Snake Draft. Should we just start it? He, he's, oh, how he's about I read the, the Twitter stuff? Oh, yeah. there we go. Okay, great. Okay, yeah. so we had a vote. So, so, uh, stuttering Matt Morgan moves on. Yes. Okay. And okay. Scott may, may come in and, be, and, and, and go the other way. I'm not admitting defeat just yet. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So we have um I asked I asked the Twitterverse your your Survivor Series dream team. You give us five names cuz fucking Survivor Series should be five people not four. 
He was five names and the team name. So uh, of your Survivor Series dream team. And here's our best answers. At the King A256, QT Marshall, Pretty Peter Avalon, James Ellsworth, Jackson Riker, and Reginald. They're the not everyone should be able to live their dream team. <laughs> At TNADCT1, Batista, Georgie Animal Steel, Larry Montana, Zeus, and Nathan Jones appeared in more Oscar winning films than either Hulk or The Rock. <laughs> Do you, guys, do you guys know who Larry Montana is? That's Luca Brasi. Ah, awesome. Yeah. Uh, at Chom1AK, uh, Jackson Riker, Chris Jericho, Drake Wirtz, Matt Morgan, and Vince McMahon. Men on a January 26th commission report. <laughs> <laughs> I realize this is just like Karnak from johnny carson you say like a bunch of things and then here's the theme uh, <laughs> at show off 1984 randy orton jbl hardcore holly bill demont and scott steiner introducing team be a star <laughs> <laughs> all right andy's jack 23 fake diesel fake razor oklahoma and the powers of pain team name close enough <laughs> at md law akeem the african dream johnny b bad and that one time dx dressed as the nation of domination the black faces of fear <laughs> at steve Lurie, brutus beefcake the disciple the booty man zodiac and brother brutai hogan zeros <laughs> <laughs> that's at perfect Kenny Omega, AJ Styles, Okada, Brian Danielson, and Kota Abushi, Dave's dopest dopes. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, at Ian D. Martino, Marty Jannetty, Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, Ric Flair, and Scott Steiner. Team Grandpa made Thanksgiving awkward again. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Hey, um, why don't you guys, Scott, uh, give us your pick for Matt, for Matt Morgan, Naked Midian, and then you guys go right into the uh, snake trap. I got to call a doctor back. So you guys. Okay, no worries. Oh, I, I always respect the attempt of a, um, of a stuttering character. Yes. Good pick. Uh, especially because in the meetings, I know they probably pretend it's about representation, which is a blast to me. And then there's the two people who, Deep down, no, it's just to make fun of people. Um, I love laughing at a stutter. I love laughing when my friends trip over words. I mean, Dan does it all the time. Uh, so I, 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 stuttering Matt Morgan, I will stand behind the gimmick. But Naked Midian, uh, it's wrong, man. Wrestling's for kids. <laughs> and that pitch is far more deceptive in a writer's meeting than a stuttering gimmick, which it's like, Every cartoon has pitched that. It's much more, you know, kind. But I guess every cartoon has pitched Naked Midian, too. What well, cartoons are you watching? <laughs> you know, they're, got... like they're, in a, they're in like a big uh, barrel. <laughs> oh, yeah, there is the barrel. Yeah, got, yeah. This was the time that wrestling wasn't for kids, and they came up with the most childish gimmicks. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point. They're like, we're really mature. Beaver cleavage. <laughs> but you, know, you see that, like, you see that, that, you know, the famous speech that 
Vince Gibbs introducing attitude and, you know, we're not going to pander to our audience anymore. <laughs> really amazing, like, right? And then he goes right back to what he wanted. He always wanted the, uh, the cartoon thing. Oh, yeah. Well, he only pivots ever if he's losing money. That's why in 2021, when everyone complains about the product and like, you need to fix this, you need to change Raw, you need to change SmackDown, the, every quarter is profitable, so he doesn't care. The only time the Attitude Era happened was because it was the first time they were becoming unprofitable. And that's when it's like, all right, let's change everything. And then when they changed it back and got the Mattel deal and, and made all the money off toys, it's like, well, fuck this audience that we picked up from the Attitude Era. We're going to sell toys and T-shirts and and play to kids so as long as that's still making money there's no reason for them to ever change course and so that's why you're you're gonna get what you're gonna get now until audience numbers are dropping to a degree where they're potentially losing money and then maybe you'll see another attitude era and I mean, the attitude like era is just using things that they saw succeeding and and you know i mean i think you know i think austin um is the perfect gimmick and he obviously outdid everything that WCW put out at that time or even ECW in my opinion, but it's obvious that Vince went, you know, not even Vince, I don't think, but everybody around him went, these things are starting to gain steam or at least fanfare in terms of ECW. We can take advantage of that because everybody thinks we suck. But also Austin is just Bugs Bunny's cunning and Elmer Fudd's arsenal. <laughs> well, that's fucking... <laughs> Just read the greatest character ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's, uh, well, guys, we got a tie. So instead of having Zach, Zach's not here, uh, there will be in a second round, there will be a triple threat match because Matt Morgan and Naked Midian will be going up against someone else. So we'll see who is the worst out of those three gimmicks. Robert, it is, it, this was your idea for a segment, a Survivor Series snake draft. I know all four of us probably have. Uh, different guys, and uh, but but let's go. Let's see if somebody uh, messes the other guy up. Yeah. So so the idea of a snake draft for, for those of you who who haven't done uh, fantasy sports before is each one of us is going to pick a wrestler, and then we reverse the order the next round and reverse back and forth until every one of us has picked five because Mike Lawrence believes that you cannot have a Survivor Series unless there are five people. Uh, so once somebody's off the board, they're off the board. You can pick from any of the companies. Uh, we're recording this a little early before Thanksgiving. So let's assume these other companies still exist. Uh, but the week is young. Uh, so you can pick from WWE. Also, let's assume the WWE employees are still there. Exactly. Uh, people may be, uh, it's day after Thanksgiving. They're waking up to being fired, which seems like Nick Khan's <laughs> perfect kickoff to the holidays. Uh, yeah. So you can pick For from WWE. Black Friday just means firing all the black guys. Except <laughs> Reginald. He loves yeah, him Reginald. Reginald. Reginald is the. Got a, is the got a promotion. Too. Reginald's safer than Hunter at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so, or, are they, or are they trying to fire everybody, but Reginald's doing like flips to avoid it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every that, time like, Johnny Ace wants to meet with him, he does. He's like, he does parkour in the like, parking lot. <laughs> like Johnny, Johnny Ace is like, he's got like a pink slip. <laughs> he's like, he's playing in a golf cart, and Reginald, the Benny Hill music is playing. <laughs> it becomes a cricket wireless commercial. <laughs> 
Oh man, that's great. All right. Well, Robert, who's going first? Um, I, I, we, I can, uh, we can go alphabetical if you want. Uh, so Dan, we can start with you. All right. Um, I have three different teams because I wanted to not have, I wanted to have different people. So I wanted to, Wait, but you just name one person, right? You just go yes. one at a time. Yeah. All right. Well, obviously. And, what's the, and the criteria, Robert, is anyone currently working? Currently working and or alive. Okay. okay, I have two joke answers, but I'm going to do my real one. Oh, but- and just to, just to clarify, guys, because I'm going to take the notes. <coughs> I'm choking. We will be putting these up on uh, on Facebook and Twitter, and you will vote on which team you think was the dopest. Oh. So a lot of them line here, the first annual WrestleRose Survivor Series Thanksgiving Snake Draft. Uh, assuming WWE is still around next year, we'll do another one. And here's the thing. The, the Twitter responses, I think this was our best Twitter response week. Every answer was fucking hilarious. They handled the joke answers, so we can't be yes. serious. Thank God. <laughs> All right. All right. Dan, so what I, do you and your dogs pick first? Hey, guys, shut up. Uh, my first pick. He's talking to the dogs, not a... Yeah. By hey. the way, the dogs barking is never as loud as Dan yelling at them. <laughs> uh, well, my pick is obviously... Uh, my pick also for wrestler of the year, the number one superstar in the wrestling business right now, the tribal chief Roman Reigns. That is my first pick. All right, Mike, who do you have for your uh, your first pick? Real number one wrestler of the year, and he's only going to get better, and he's already better than you, and you're aware of it. <laughs> You, MJF. Damn. <laughs> you got uh, mjf damn oh uh, that's hurtful um all right i will go third i will pick the only guy who will work three times this year and it will sell it every time brock lesnar and I'm, and I'm already typing in kenny omega for scott but we'll pretend sorry scott who's your first round pick oh dude i i had lesnar i wanted to 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 devour everybody with lesnar and a bunch of jabrones but uh, this is how this process works. So I, woo, I will pick Kenny Omega. I will a healed Kenny Omega. A heel Kenny Omega. Wow. Healed, 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 healed. All right. Well, there you go. But also right. a heel. Fuck it. Yes. Yeah. And, and since this is a snake draft, Scott, you now go first for round two. Who you got oh, for round two? Oh, perfect. Well, someone who agrees with kenny coming to the company sorry these birds are chirping over here i'm gonna cover them um birds versus dogs this is like, yeah, this like fucking wild that. kingdom this is this is how we find out Khalees threw scott out <laughs> so here, here, here's, here's a question robert um just quickly can you pick a tag team all at once or you got to go one member and hope no one takes the other one? Oh no you got to go one at a time that's okay. uh no okay. none of this wwe draft bullshit where they're okay. like our okay. next pick we select you know, evolution, and they get all four guys. Okay. Okay, ready? Yes. A returning Triple H along with Kenny Omega. Whoa. Yeah. So you're just picking injured guys. <laughs> your strategy here. Like, I'm, is, I'm, is, I'm picking guys Vince wished were never born at this point. <laughs> all right. Then, then by that logic, my second pick will be CM Punk. Guys oh, shit. This is gold. Punk um, and Brock. Wow. Punk and Brock. Uh, so just guys with bad tattoo decisions. Uh, Mike, who do you got for round two? 
Um, yeah, your yours is team sometimes good at real fighting. Uh, <laughs> I'm going with a guy that has so much uh, potential and is just fucking awesome in the ring and on the mic. And I feel like MJF could even make him better. Montez Ford. Wow, uh, that's a good. That's a that's good. A good pick. Yeah. That would be a great feud between those two when it happens in WWE. But I think them together would be more awesome. Yes, yeah. except Montez Ford is like 11 feet taller than MJF. So he just like puts his hand out and Max is running and swinging. Uh, yeah, but and- MJF, like, MJF looks better next to big guys, so it's fine. Oh, yeah. No, he, he definitely right. does. Dan, who you got for your... I'm uh, going to go with former MLW champion. In my mind, the most impressive guy... Uh, not signed to AEW or WWE, who I also doesn't have like a uh, like a, a, a ghosts in his track record, and I'm gonna go with Jacob Fat too. So that's gonna be my second, my second. I think he's got a bunch of ghosts. Oh, he does. I think that's the idea. I think that's why he's not with the with the E yet, bro. No, he doesn't. He doesn't have as his former manager. Uh, no, he doesn't have. <laughs> there is footage of that, by the way. It's never aired, but there's footage of me as Jacob Fatu's manager. Was with too. He was awesome. Uh, yeah. Really nice guy. Very respectful. Scott trying to yeah. bury him. Yeah, Scott trying to bury him. It was yeah, Stokely Hathaway and I were his managers in MLW, and then there was a dispute. Yeah, it says WWE them. won't sign Jacob Fatu for his criminal record. Oh, it's a criminal record. They see they're fine. <laughs> yeah, well, the MVP's there. Yeah. Wow. He did his All right, time. Dan. Uh, Dan, you uh, you go next on this one. First for round three. Uh, old Scott Blue Lives Matter chaplain over there. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, I'm gonna go with uh, another Samoan monster who's signed to New Japan Wrestling. And the, well, he's not. I don't think he's Samoan. He's like an Islander, but you know, kind of the same feel. Which is uh, Jeff Cobb, baby. He's in, he's from Guam, I believe, but or he's from America Samoa. I forget. But Jeff Cobb. If you guys didn't know. My name, my team name is the Samoan Syndicate. Nice. There we wow. Go. All right, guys, we got to pick all the other Samoan wrestlers and fuck over Dan. <laughs> yeah, let's fuck him up. Then his meltdown will be amazing. So Mike's <laughs> just going to pick guys who won't wear shoes. All right, Mike, you're up next. Who you got? I'm going to go with, you know, a little, little, little off the beaten path here. I'm picking a woman who can wrestle men. Jade Cargill. I think Jade Cargill has more value as a China type fighting other dudes than she does in, in the 925 live spot. So I'm going Jade Cargill. And she's the warlow of that. She's the enforcer of this group. And she's fucking awesome. And um, and sometimes her kids hang out with the stable. <laughs> I just like that you could have picked Wardlow and instead just picked a Wardlow type. Um, it works. Uh, all right. I'm, I'm next. I am going to go with uh, John Cena. Damn. Nice. I want to be able to sell some t-shirts for this group. So uh, I will go with John Cena. Scott, who you got? Well, this is perfect. I'm going with a John Cena endorsed superstar. And I love stories in Survivor Series matches. I love difference in sizes in Survivor Series matches. And I think Drake Maverick deserves a third shot. (laughs) But hey, buddy, three strikes, you're fucking out, okay? But he does get a third (laughs) shot here at Survivor Series uh, to shine with Triple H, who re-signed him. Kenny Omega, who has wrestled children before. 
uh, and Greg Maverick. His uh, his Twitter video when he got released was really fun. Dude, I wanted to make fun of it, and then I watched it, and it was perfect. It it yeah, wow, really great. Yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. I haven't seen it yet. So so good. Scott, round four, first pick is yours. Kurt Stallion. No, do you remember? (laughs) (laughs) You remember that? Oh no, it's going to be uh, Drew McIntyre, but. Uh, like, you know, right before Vince gave him the sword, like when we were like, oh yeah, he really is going for that chosen one gimmick. Uh, no matter of fact, it's Drew resenting the sword and he is on this team of Triple H, Kenny Omega and Drake Maverick, Drew McIntyre. All right, uh, I will go next. Scott, your picks are not what I thought they would be later on. I mean, Kenny is. Yeah, I'm going for a storyline within the match. Wow. All right. I am going to go with Brian Danielson, the American Dragon, for my uh, my fourth pick. Mike, who you got? I wanted to, to pick someone from New Japan, someone that could come to America, fucking make a difference, and just look awesome standing next to the other members of my team. I want Kota Ibushi. Oh, interesting. Because Bushi, the Jade Cargill of New Japan. Because the thing is, if there's anything that MJF can do, it's talk up other people. And when they're not Sean Spears, it's a lot easier. <laughs> so, yeah, Abushi. All right, Dan, uh, All right. who do you have for your fourth pick? Well, you know, I'm a little confused because Scott, you you picked Hunter, but is this is this like post heart attack injured Hunter? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, well, I'm walking case. around uh, uh, with a hard hat on uh, at the new WWE spot. He'll be okay. Yeah, this is this is post heart attack and post broken heart hunter. Yeah. All right. Well, then I'm gonna go with um, Jimmy Uso as my fourth pick. Hmm. And Dan, oh, Jay Uso, hit- which is the one who's not drunk? Jay Uso. Jay Uso. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, and your final pick now, Dan. Oh, do I get a final one? It, we, well, it's, we, you got till five, like Big E. Right. Well, I'm going to go. Here's my here's my picks. I have two picks. I'm going to go with for the for the next spot. The last uh, spot. The last spot. You want to get a new guy who's going to learn the ropes. I'm going to go uh, Zion Quinn or whatever the fuck his name on. Why? How do you spell his name from NXT? X-Y-O-N. All right. I'm gonna, uh, sure. Uh, As if my spell check's going to pick that up. Yeah, what? X-Y-O-N. Uh, well, he, it, oh, it's Zion? it's Zion Quinn. Yeah, he's a Samoan. He's a badass, and I'm gonna say that they are managed by Samoa Joe. So that is the Samoa Syndicate, biggest ass kickers in wrestling. So even when you have the book, you won't let Joe wrestle. That's just me. <laughs> I was debating Joe in the spot or management, but what's to give him a manager? Let's put him on the mic because Paul's not gonna be there. All right, Mike, who's your uh, final pick? A guy that is very charming, but also can fuck you up in the ring. I'm going Matt Riddle. I, I think a old Matt Riddle with these other guys would be really fucking awesome. All right, so let's go. Or is that everybody's team, right? No, uh, nope. Uh, oh, Scott no, I and I still final have members. Picks. So we have so, Triple yeah. H, obviously, where Vince didn't believe in well, his. Well, Scott, I, I, go, I go before Oh, you yeah, of course. Sure, I'm trying to jump. So, yeah, so I've got. 
I'm trying to steal your guy in case you say him. (laughs) I I got, I got Brock. I got punk. I got Cena. I got Danielson, which means I need someone who can wrestle and outshine them all for my fifth pick. QT Marshall. Uh, So you have the best of the past and the future. (laughs) Well, they need someone who can detail their cars and carry all their luggage. (laughs) QT is a versatile man. Scott, who you got for your last pick? All right, so let's break down my uh, my my Survivor Series guys already. You got Triple H, right? Vince didn't believe in his vision. You have Omega, one of the only guys who created a vision without Vince's uh, hovering over him. You have Drake Maverick, who Vince crushed his vision. Drew McIntyre, where Vince had the wrong vision and therefore it stunted him for a long time. Ended up getting fired, came back. It was Drew's vision and then Vince fucked it up. So obviously we have to go with one of the most over guys ever, uh, one of the most underrated guys this year in wrestling. I think he's top five most entertaining guys in wrestling. A returning Matt Cardona. And he's pissed. Nice. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, those yeah. are our, our teams. I will read them off one last time. Remember, folks, you will have a chance to vote on which team is the best. Dan's team of the mostly Samoan syndicate is Roman Reigns, Jacob Fatu. Jay Uso and Zion Quinn with manager Samoa Joe. Mike picked MJF, Montez Ford, Jade Cargill, Kota Abushi, and Matt Riddle. I By the way, Kota Abushi and Riddle are called the Golden Bros. Nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, I picked Brock Lesnar, CM Punk, John Cena, Brian Danielson, and our Lord and Savior, QT Marshall. And Scott picked uh, Vince's Broken Dreams, Kenny Omega, Triple H. Drake Maverick, Drew McIntyre, and a very pissed off Matt Cardona. Uh, Zach will uh, put all this together and we'll put it up online and people can vote. And it's going to be, it's the highlight of your Thanksgiving weekend, folks. Let's, uh, let's be real. But uh, (laughs) this was, uh, this was great. And only five days after Survivor Series. Can you text Zach those team names? Yeah, I'll I'll send him a a thing. I also had guys, these were my backup teams. If you guys didn't pick my guys. One is called, uh, what is with Osprey, Ricochet, Phoenix, Leo Rush, and Big Show called the Big Show Boaters. <laughs> that was my one that was going to bomb, and it did. Uh, and then this one is, uh, you know, do you remember Legion of Doom 2000 or whatever? Oh, yeah. Uh, this is my, this is Oddities 2021. Kurgan, Enzo, Tamina, QT, Marshall, Mathers. He's uh, in a rap gimmick with Enzo this time. And Eric Rowan Spider, who will uh, be played. Who, <laughs> interestingly enough, uh, will be uh, played by Enzo. <laughs> I'm going to oh, dude, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Uh, Darius Martin, Dante Martin, Kurt Angle, Tommy Dreamer, and Ric Flair. Team Top Flight from Hell. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good. That's really good. That's the best one. That's the one you should have gone with. Robert? I I, I didn't do a funny Survivor Series team. All right, guys. Uh, I take this shit seriously, people. Yeah, guys. All right. uh, Oh, yeah, and let me me just say, yeah, so now we're going to be playing you guys the our Patreon roast of Teddy Hart and CM Oh, no, no, we, we got to, we, we still have one more thing to do. Um, oh, we do. Huh. Yes, we have to talk about what we're thankful for this year. As oh, nice. Fans. 
And for me, it's a no brainer. It's this podcast and our fans. Um, you know, there's some, there's some sickness going on in the St. Germain family right now. And this is always a, a fun thing to kind of escape to. And you guys, you know, everybody in our Facebook group, everybody who's joined the Patreon um, and, uh, you know, also the $10 tier or something to sports entertainment with, uh, you know, we, it's just a really awesome group of people who are into the show and I'm, uh, I'm thankful for them. Robert? Shit, now I seem disingenuous if I say something else. But yeah, no, that was going to be my my answer. I'm definitely thankful for the uh, for the Wrestle Roast podcast for for coming on board for this thing during quarantine has been uh, it was a hell of a lot of fun at the start, and this has become a a high point in the week for me. Even if it means I have to watch and pay attention to every segment of Dynamite, and I can't fast forward through the women's match as much as I want to um it's been it's been great the the growth of the forbidden dorks the the facebook page is a hell of a lot of fun uh getting to connect with people on there and uh getting to talk to you guys every week it's just an absolute blast so i'm i'm definitely thankful for that secondly um i'm thankful that uh that qt marshall has come into our lives and has uh continually brightened our day this is a plug for you, if you haven't yet listened to our Patreon episode where we talk about QT Marcel's documentary, The Wrestler is the perfect compliment for your Thanksgiving weekend. <laughs> yeah, I'll say, uh, yeah, I'm thankful for two things. Uh, AEW, because especially uh, the last couple months, uh, these these firings at WWE are extremely disheartening and they kind of turn you off from just even wanting to watch wrestling. Um, but then there's an alternative that actually feels like an alternative and treats the wrestlers well that lets them be creative and be themselves. So that's awesome. You know, I, I will, I pay for these pay-per-view. I never thought I'd be paying for pay-per-views in, <laughs> in 2021. Um, but I do willingly. And then, yeah, I mean, you know, every, you guys have said it, but I'll say it too. Uh, yeah, this show and, and, and the fans, man. I had a tough fucking year. I know a lot of people did. I uh, went through some you know personal stuff, and, and I know a lot of people did too. And let me, let me tell you, man, um, when you're going through something and you want to give up, but you realize you still have to write Lawrence Taylor jokes, it gets you through the week. <laughs> For other people who've given up. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, you know, but, but, but it's, you know, it's a thing like, yeah, I look forward to this and it's exciting um, still. And I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I'd want to watch wrestling without it, to be honest, even AEW. Um, Scotty. Oh, the fans of the wrestle Rose podcast, the, uh, the four of you guys, including Zach, I, I am super thankful for Zach, Zach. Uh, he knocks yeah. it out of the park and uh, Thanks, sits there and listens to us fucking ramble about something that, I would hope he doesn't care about, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope he does. <laughs> I hope he does just for his uh, sake. I think it's absolutely amazing that we can go, what do you think, Zach, out of the blue? And he's listening because yeah. Lord knows I would not be. Uh, sometimes <laughs> and Scott, <not. laughs> Scott, you don't. Scott, <laughs> uh, Scott, if I wanted to work with producers who don't care about wrestling, I'd still be at WWE. <laughs> Oh man, I am. Uh, I'm also, you know, obviously, I'm thankful for you know the things that don't involve this podcast, my personal life. But also, I'm thankful that uh, that live wrestling is back. 
because oh uh, hell yeah, yeah. Fun, man and and you know there's like there's already two AEW shows in the next month that I'm going fuck I gotta figure out how to do that but it's because I want to you know and which yeah, is yeah, so, yeah. it's fun man I, I like hanging out with fans and you know you know it's crazy I was thinking about this during the snake draft like how exciting like wrestling is now that we didn't even really steal from each other we all had like no there's like a couple other wrestlers you know but it's like that's 20 wrestlers that we all like you know got excited about that don't overlap well 19 and triple h but you know that don't overlap (laughs) (laughs) and that's without touching a whole bunch of other really talented wrestlers i mean you know orton ricochet finn balor kevin owens um guys from aew as well yeah, I can't I mean, think of anything. <laughs> I saw I saw a list yesterday. It was like so eighty two people have been let go this year. It's like you could make a promotion out of them. <laughs> yeah. What, what does that mean? Like, yeah. Braun and Bray are on top tonight. again. It's <laughs> <laughs> not good. Not Keith Keith Lee. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, folks. Well, before uh, we transition to the roasts of CM Punk and Teddy Hart, I want to talk to you guys about next week. We got the roast of Andre the Giants. So that should be a fun one. Uh, for show and hell, we're going to have Andre as Bigfoot from the $6 million man. We're going to be doing Dynamite or Dud. Um, maybe we'll even touch a little bit on the Thanksgiving Dynamite, uh, but probably we'll be just moved on. And then we're going to do We Must Hate Ourselves World Cup. The two, the two uh, slots for next week are Kerwin White versus Isaac Yankum. And uh, I think Luke Goldbranson from Summerhouse, a Bravo star and Winterhouse, is going to be joining us. The first male model we've ever had on the show. <laughs> you know, unless you want to count like, you know, Kurt Ryan, you know. So we got the first, we got the first model. Check it and out. I'll, I'll say this, Dan. Um, we, we will not, yeah, we don't need to review all of Thanksgiving Dynamite, but we will review the best in the world versus the best in the world. CM of all Punk the versus... weeks not to have a fucking... Oh, wait, wait. Fight. We're reviewing that? We Just the match. Re- we got to review the that match. match. You're right. Yeah, for the, the following week. Yeah. I mean, look, let's just be thankful that QT is giving Punk the rub. That's, I mean, that's why he's so... <laughs> what what an insane thing. You know, you're a Chicago fan, and they, they got a lot of shit this year. I mean, specifically from CM Punk already, but... um. But to show up to a Thanksgiving show and, you know, your returning favorite wrestler ever, your hometown hero is fighting QT Marshall is so funny. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I thought you were going to say your favorite wrestler ever and CM Punk. <laughs> Do you think this is Khan's like a, like a Thanksgiving gift to QT? Like a thank you since he does do so much uh, in the back? No, he pays yeah. him money, Scott. <laughs> yeah, but Khan is just like buying people presents and shit. Even like their theme songs. I mean, at least he's calling them presents. I guess it is just business, right? I'm gonna well, hire you. It's a but like he does it with a bow on I'm top sure of the Brian, contract. Brian Danielson, who's like without a doubt, like besides Brock Lesnar, is probably the second smartest guy as far as being in the business. I, I bet you when, when yeah, like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Say that, say that him, now. Like, hey, I mean, it's hurting him. Yeah, do you want to use Final Countdown? He goes, how about you just give me the money you were going to give for Final Countdown? <laughs> hey, how about that? And then I'll just use the uh, public domain one for the other thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so, um, but, yeah, so we're going to play the roast of Teddy Hart and CM Punk. And 
you know, these are from our Patreon. If you don't subscribe and you like these, you know, we put out a fucking Patreon roast. Should we be putting month. out the bright? Are we playing the bright sides too, Mike, or just the roasts? I, I feel the, we should do the bright sides. Yeah, the bright sides and the roast. Bright the punk the bright roast. side is long though, right? Hey, did also, we, this was did, before punk. Re- we recorded this punk roast before AEW was even an option for him to. Re- we did not know he was returning. Was just gonna yeah. say that yes, and this yeah. is also before they find the next girl that Teddy Hart killed. <laughs> that happens between now and Thursday. Just yeah, maybe you know what? Punk Brightside and Rose. Teddy Hart just Rose. That's did fun. we do a Brightside of Teddy There's Hart? No way. No yeah, we way. did. We talked about we talked about how talented he was in the ring for sure. Wow, yeah. he is. We talked about. I must have blocked that out of my memory. <laughs> so yeah, enjoy those, and if you like them, you know, for Cyber Monday or whatever, treat yourself and, and subscribe to our Patreon and and our shirts uh, will be, uh, what twenty percent, thirty percent off on Pro Wrestling Tees, something. Yeah, I don't know what the sale. Uh, you'll yeah, see. The I mean, sale. it could be we'll up to fifty percent, but I don't think that's T-shirts. That might be sneakers there or something. But buy yourself some Young Bucks sneakers and a and a and yeah, I think twenty percent buy our shirts, the Young Bucks, buy our shit. We, we all no, go along i mean don't don't just get the young bucks we all said that we were thankful for you fans now show that you're thankful for us <laughs> <laughs> oh, enjoy the rest crazy. of the show all right guys have a good one all right folks we've uh, reached our main event of the evening the <laughs> roast of without a doubt the most interesting member of the Hart family Teddy Hart, Zach isn't here to divvy it up. So, uh, Scott, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure, man. No problem. Nice. All right. Let's let, all right. Let, let me take a sip of water. Are you growing <clears throat> your hair out in the back? Oh, yeah, dude. I'm trying to grow a mullet, you know? It's very fucking Patrick. Oh, also- well, no, what happened was I started researching Teddy Hart and it just formed. I woke up. <laughs> 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 yeah. By the way, I mean, we talked about this, man, but holy shit, those shoot interviews with Teddy Hart are dude, unreal. Fucking wild, bro. He's like, he's like, he's like unsuccessful Kanye West. It's insane. (laughs) We had to do this one on Patreon because even the setups can't be on regular. (laughs) (laughs) All right, go for it. Here we go. Here we go. Teddy Hart is so paranoid. He thinks Punjabi prison is where he's going for stealing from vape shops. (laughs) (laughs) Teddy has lumped up more titties than breast cancer. (laughs) Immortal in that he's a heart that won't stop beating. He fought the law and the the law won. Then he went into business for himself, did three moonsaults and a star press off his cell. But Teddy is a true independent contractor, and that's why he always goes into business for himself. It's debatable if he's the best wrestler to come from the Hearts Dungeon, but he is the best murderer. (laughs) (laughs) Like, actually good at it. Nobody can arrest him yet on it. Uh, Credit for literally topping the name Excellence of Execution. (laughs) Teddy is dyslexic. Uh, He fist fought CM Punk because he thought Punk's knuckles said free drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Teddy cuts a better promo than Brett. So does Teddy Ruxpin. He would be a cousin fucker, but he likes his natty's light. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, she's gorgeous. It's a fucking bit. That's just rude. It's a bitch. Pretty girl. Come you on. You still have a shot with her? Yeah, uh, Teddy brings a cat with Teddy brings a cat with him everywhere. If you're if you're wondering the origin of feline AIDS, it's, it's the only pussy he didn't steal. Teddy keeps the cat so he can tell cops everything's fine, officers. What the neighbors heard was a meow. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Teddy's ex is missing, but in Teddy's defense, so are his keys, his wallets, his wallet and his sunglasses. Leave it to Teddy. Are we dealing with a missing person or a misplaced person? <laughs> well, where did you put her last? Check under the cushion. Well, she's got to be somewhere in this trailer. <laughs> that was great, man. That was great. Uh, Mike, do you want to go next? Uh, Teddy Hart, the only heart that's given up more than Jerry Lawler's. <laughs> Teddy Hart is a guy that looks like how Jake the Snake Roberts sounds. Uh, DDP has been able to do wonders for guys like Jake and Scott Hall, but spent one minute reading the legal history section of Teddy's Wikipedia page and said, nah, I'm good. <laughs> the Hearts are the royal family of wrestling, and Teddy's definitely the one that would ask, wait, just how black is the baby going to be? <laughs> <laughs> He's the guy who has the wrestling ability of Bret Hart and the personality of the guy who attacked him at the Hall of Fame. <laughs> he got in a shoot fight with CM Punk and beat the shit out of him. Actually, I shouldn't have said that. You're not supposed to compliment someone till the end of a roast. <laughs> I know someone's lived a rough life if the saddest thing I hear in a shoot interview isn't Hannibal's voice. <laughs> Teddy is a Persian cat breeder. I know that makes it seem like he fucks them, but he must not because they're all still alive. <laughs> Teddy's good at raising cats. He got some parenting advice about the cats from Helen and Stu. Make sure there's a dozen of them, barely feed them, and most importantly, abuse them into loving you. <laughs> he once choked out his girlfriend, and honestly, I'm just happy his grandfather, Stu, wasn't alive to see it. He'd be so disappointed at the sloppy technique of the chokehold. <laughs> Should have put her in the Boston crab. It's harder to escape. He's <laughs> very creepy and too unlikable to cheer as a baby face. So any day now, Triple H is going to put him on SmackDown as the poutine dream. Uh, he really would cut the worst babyface promo. Hot times is when you hit a disabled person in your car, hit bail, get released, and then hit another disabled person in your car. That's Teddy Hot Times, baby. <laughs> oh, that was great, man. We should have put this one on the regular show. Next up. Robert, you well, when we have to miss a week. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> For real. <laughs> yeah. Remember this shit when we have to miss a week, actually. Yeah. yeah patrons. This is, this took time. This took time for all of us. Well, Robert, the thing is, is that sometimes great, you write about these guys and you feel sorry for them. You don't have to with Teddy. <laughs> oh, I did. I disagree. We'll talk after. after yeah. Okay. Uh, Robert. <laughs> all right. The only consistent booking Teddy Hart has is a sentencing hearing. Teddy Hart, starred in, <laughs> Teddy Hart starred in homoerotic wrestling videos where he was often criticized for working stiff. <laughs> Dude, Teddy, by the way, that's the fucking one that's going to get us in trouble with Teddy. Keep going. 
<laughs> Someone's going to slip him this in uh, in jail. If this is the only thing he gets slipped in prison, he's doing all right. Well, in one of those shoot interviews, I'm sorry to interrupt, but they go, yeah, he called me a goof. And I'm like, what does that mean? I fuck other guys? I'm like, no one thinks that's what a goof is. Yeah, but if you if you spell it backwards, it's how Teddy Hart would say that word. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Robert. I'm sorry. Teddy Hart had a job driving escorts around. And being a heart, he spent most of the time picking apart their work and trying to get them into his dungeon. <laughs> Teddy Hart ran a brothel, as opposed to when he'd wrestle and the only person who was fucked was his opponent. <laughs> Teddy Hart was involved in a 90-minute police chase and was tasered 13 times. When asked for comment, Brett replied, I once worked Uncle Elmer for 20 minutes, so I know. <laughs> <laughs> Teddy Hart made chloroform porn when it would have been far easier to knock them out by making them watch one of his shoot promos. <laughs> Teddy Hart trained his cats to wrestle, which is the only kind of pussy he wants to see fight back. <laughs> Wait, did he see he really chloroform porn? That's real. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, I'll get to all of this after. Uh, <laughs> I like that you've heard all these and Daniel, like, is that one real? <laughs> <laughs> you never know, guys. You never know. Teddy Hart has beaten more women than Ronda Rousey. <laughs> Teddy Hart was reckless in the ring, a serial abuser, a pimp, and a drug addict. And somehow he's not in the top five most fucked up members of the Hart family. <laughs> in conclusion, Teddy Hart is a piece of shit. <laughs> that was great. Oh, that was great. All right. I don't know how I'm going to follow you guys. All right. Teddy Hart finally answers the question. Who is that guy on my lawn? He's, he's what would happen if the screams in the heart dungeon fucked a water bong they found inside a dead girl. <laughs> a lot of people think a lot of people think Teddy murdered his girlfriends, but how do we know they didn't kill themselves after meeting Brett? Teddy, <laughs> Wait, that one rules so fucking hard. <laughs> Teddy, Teddy is proof that if you really focus on wrestling, then you too can be brought down by being a total fucking psycho. <laughs> Teddy Hart has been in hot water lately. You know, it's bad when the cops show up to the scene of a crime and say, I think this other guy, Ace Montana, is telling the truth. <laughs> he, he, he didn't even make it past WWE basic training. Imagine how unstable you have to be to get kicked out of a place run by the funks. That's like <laughs> that's like Marty Skrull finding puss finding finding too tight of a pussy. Sorry. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry, I missed that. It would have been better if I didn't. All right. Teddy Hart once lost a battle royal at Ohio Valley Wrestling where the winner faced John Cena at Six Flags. Come for the Batman roller coaster. Stay for Mrs. Cornette's wild ride. <laughs> he once threw up all over people at a Ring of Honor show. Samoa Joe was pissed, but he put people in danger while Harry was pissed that he stole his dad's gimmick. Oh my fucking God. Teddy, Teddy was fired from AAA. Do you know how drugged out you have to be to get kicked out of AAA? Like, I'm pretty sure Psycho Clown is something that chases Jeff Hardy in his dreams. <laughs> it was like doink, but it wasn't hilarious. <laughs> he once he once designed he once designed clothing for male strippers, which I thought was kind of weird until I realized that literally all wrestling gear looks like stripping clothing. 
seriously, when Brian Cage walks out, I'm not sure if he's going to body slam Darby or make my aunt feel beautiful. <laughs> I actually think that Teddy is a really great wrestler and seems down to earth in interviews. And I'm totally not saying that because out of all the wrestlers we've roasted, there's a realistic shot. He'll kill us. That's, <laughs> that's it for me, guys. Yeah, I, I loved Punk. Punk was maybe my favorite wrestler. Well, I think then you should start out our bright side, buddy. Oh, bright God. side of okay, the ring, yeah, so, CM Punk. So I loved wrestling when, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin was on top. And then I really did get into Benoit and Guerrero and Angle and them. But I didn't pay much attention to the storylines. Uh, then wrestling got real, real bad. And I started paying more attention to Ring of Honor. And well, Scott, it was just because they would hire anybody. I mean, you know, it was, well, yeah. it was like that's when it was like factory made and it was it was ridiculous. Like, like, I mean, the, the guys they were trying to to make just weren't sticking at all. You know, they were, they were getting former TV writers and future lawyers. I mean, yeah. And I just, think I think maybe hey, that's don't you insult the work Robert did with Heinrich. <laughs> that was Legion of Doom member Heinrich to you. <laughs> all right. Sorry. Sorry. But um, yeah, I just think there was such a prototype and then there was CM Punk in Ring of Honor and there was Samoa Joe in Ring of Honor and there was Austin Aries in Ring of Honor and Loki and these guys that looked nothing like the guys in WWE, uh, but they were so much more passionate, it felt like, than these newer guys WWE was, was shoving down our throats. And they were having entertaining matches. I, I, I think they're a little sloppier than we like to, you know, remember um but i do really enjoy them and then dude wwe like i i really need to emphasize and i know we just did the batista episode it's like how much people hated batista at first how much people genuinely disliked john cena like wwe fucking sucked for a long time and i actually don't think cm punk happens if wwe didn't suck wwe sucked and so cm punk got to rule because he rules and uh, that's what happened. He kind of took over. And then since WWE sucks, it, it couldn't go far. It was really unfortunate. And then he got out of there. And I really thought he was going to change wrestling. And well, we're on bright side, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just I literally think he changed the business. Um, I think he could have changed it more. I mean, to resent that is silly because who the fuck am I? Go live your life, you know? But um but I think he absolutely changed the business in good ways, in bad ways, but in ways. And uh, he left his mark, I think. What, what do you guys think? Robert, uh, yeah, you go second, my man. You were, you, you brought the shirt, so you go second. Um, yeah, I, br I brought the shirt for effect, but I, I absolutely love uh, CM Punk as a wrestler. Uh, I thought he was one of the best at everything that he did during his tenure. Um, I was on creative when he was first brought on board into the company. Uh, I was there for the whole, you know, I'm like, why are we not using this guy? And I was basically told, don't ever bring up trying to push CM Punk onto the main roster. So I'm like, okay, I'll keep my mouth shut and figure out more stuff for Danny Basham to do <laughs> on television. Uh, it made no sense because we would watch OVW TV and because they would send us to us and we would get genuinely excited to see the CM Punk segments that Paul Heyman was doing. Like that was a hell of a lot of fun. I've um, never seen them. What, what are they like? It's a lot of what you would see on ring of honor or anywhere else. It was just, it was a chance to see this guy who was really fresh and exciting and being in the Northeast. I know some of the guys in creative used to go to the ROH shows 
so that they could, you know, it would see who see what some of this talent was just because they loved watching wrestling. Um, Punk is responsible for some of my favorite moments in the WWE. Obviously, the pipe bomb promo was a transcendent moment in wrestling. His TLC match with John Cena is probably one of my top five favorite matches of all time. He was a great commentator when he was on commentator in WWE where he showed, hey, I love this business and I can do everything better than everybody else. Um, when I went to a live event years later, I was I was front row at the event uh, with and dragged my wife and Punk made that experience so much fun for her because he knows the he gets the idea of live wrestling and you need to hook an audience. And he just started flirting with her just to be a dick. Mm-hmm. Um, and he got into it and he played out through, throughout the entire match. Like it just became the story of he's just hitting on this one girl in the front row. He's wrestling Del Rio. He goes to the top rope, blows a kiss to her, points to his heart. Like it was perfect. It's how you play a crowd. And he constantly had. Did you uh, know Punk fun. personally, or was that just like a happy accident? That was that one was a happy accident. I knew Punk. I was at Punk's WWE debut at the ECW Arena. Hey man, I was. I was oh, you were at, okay. So I was at his television debut at Hammerstein against Just Incredible. Okay, so yeah, this yeah. was we we let him loose at the ECW Arena show. We used his AFI theme song. Yeah, it's the best. And the oh, the crowd loved it. They were they were hitting the boards. He wrestled Stevie Richards. Uh, he was a complete asshole to me when I was there because I was from the office. So it was like, well, fuck this guy. Uh, so I feel like I got the full CM Punk experience. But the fact that he just did this at, at live events, he genuinely loved the business. And you could watch him, his soul slowly sucked out of his body. There's that famous picture where it was all of the current champions at the time. And it was Punk and Brian and Evan Bourne and Kofi Kingston. And you felt like there was this real, Cody was in this real resurgence of like, this is the next generation of guys that are going to carry the company. And every single one of them uh, were completely wasted and squandered. So I think Punk's legacy in the business, if there is one, is don't love the business because it's not going to love you back. Mike Lawrence. I don't think we do this podcast without CM Punk. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I, I, I don't think know. I. I don't think I hang out with you guys if I if without CM Punk. Genuinely. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Really? Talk to you, we'll CM Punk. We'll talk about that in a second. I was yeah, say nice the, things about him, Scott. Because <laughs> the way that I I saw the the pipe bomb, I'll never forget, was with with Scott at the pit. At the pit Monday, on, Mike. Yeah. On a on, yeah, on a Monday night, Mike. Um, oh, Scott's impression it, was unbelievable. Yeah, but Wait, it what's, was in what's a, the pit? It was a people's improv theater. It was just you know the place where there was like stand up and stuff too. Okay. So we were there. Shout out, you know, Yeah, we were doing open mic comedy. It was terrible. It but was the Peach Pit? We were we were a part of a, a really cool high school group. Was, <laughs> Nat, was Nat there? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, but I remember like there was loud chatter and stuff, and me and Scott were like huddled like Eskimos on a, at a fire, yeah, listening to this promo and being like utterly transfixed. Then we went to um, this guy's place uh, for Money in the Bank, and Dan was there. We we yeah. fucking hugged. We yeah, hugged that's that's how excited one. we were. Yeah, you know, and other. and I think like a lot of laps fans to use another show's uh, phrase to you know a lot of bitter jaded fans you know came back and and uh, haven't left uh, <laughs> even yeah. though they should. 
because of this this guy i you know i first saw him in mlw on the sunshine sports network me i me too it's so funny you say that the the raven stuff with him yeah with raven and it's like i don't you know i don't drink i i don't smoke and it has you know negatively impacted my life in many ways especially did in college I didn't feel cool and all that. And then there was this guy that also didn't and like seem awesome. It's it just, I, you know, I'm being completely fanboy here, but that's yeah, how I felt. And it was like, this guy's cool. And uh, I remember even 2006 when it was, was it Survivor Series? And he comes out with DX and um, I think the Hardys. And he and that was his, in American Airlines Arena. Yeah, and he gets as big of, if not more of a pop than anybody. And it, you know, he was, he was, he was for me like that indie band that you knew before anyone else did. Because yeah, I watched him on the fucking Florida Sports Network. <laughs> um, it was, I think, it was Mondays at like eleven thirty at night, and then to see him organically just get bigger and and, and bigger and, and physically too, um, you know. <laughs> I, you know, it was this amazing thing, and I think that, uh, yeah, the promos, um, just the genuineness, like that. So much wrestling back then, you know, in the late two thousands, early twenty tens, felt so produced, and he just felt natural, like he was just talking like a person, like. You know, I remember seeing him, you know, cut promos against The Rock and The Rock felt stale and outdated. Dude, he felt so stale and outdated. It, it, it felt like catchphrase after catchphrase. Mm-hmm. And yeah, someone who would just stand there. I mean, who was it who, who John Cena was cutting a promo and he just went like, you're not funny just yeah. to say that. And it, it, he had all of our opinions. And, and there was also this thing about, for, for me, right, being a young person in comedy and, you know, you, you relate things to your career or whatever, you watch someone who's like, who says what they feel, whatever, and it was like, fuck the business part of this, like, the boy should get there, you know, it's like this, this mentality, when, when you're like a young guy, you're like, I want to do that in comedy, you know what I'm saying? And like, I, I really like uh, and, and then you them. get to know comedians. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> but what, what, what Robert, what Dan was referring to with Scott was we me and Dan had this show called WrestleMania Woodshed where comedians would perform as as wrestlers. And uh Scott did our second one as yeah, I didn't know you guys. Punk. I didn't know you guys then. Yeah, we were just this was, you know, before, yeah. this was before the pipe bomb. So a lot of guys in the crowd didn't even know who CM Punk was. Yeah, and we would People book any like, you know, we would book anybody yeah. on the show, which is why Scott was there. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, because uh, even like Soder did Andre and stuff. I mean, there was a variety. There like, was a lot of really good. There was, there was guys, and then there was the, there was guys who nobody knew. Yeah, this was there like was the, the the We Watch Wrestling guys, uh, McCarthy and Averill had like authentic demolition outfits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the least surprising thing I've ever heard. I know, but it was awesome. You know, we we were it was just like three hours of the markiest marks that ever marked. Yeah. And, but you know, Scott, um, well, you were like in your early twenties at the time, and everyone was like, "Who the fuck?" Yeah, I was like twenty-one. Kid? Yeah, just went yeah. literally wearing wearing like CM Punk trunks, <laughs> just CM Punk trunks. I made like you a had the you had the tattoos too, right? Yeah, I put tattoos on my arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I put a so, fake lip ring on or something, and I and I cut like this straight edge promo. I think Greg Giraldo had died like a year before, 
and I yeah. cut a promo on him being a drug addict and Mitch Hedberg. And then I, I said, I didn't even know Dan. And I was like, who's next? And then I looked at Dan and I went, hi, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even know Dan. And I'm, you know, and it was so much fun. And I remember that was like the first time people talked to me uh, <laughs> in a way that was like, we, we see you as talented. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, it was, which, it was, was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah it and it was like me and dad were booking in. We're like, who's that kid? And we look at the Scott Chaplin. <laughs> like that moment, like and, we're like the uh, A&R guys in a movie. <laughs> and hey, 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 uh, fun fact, one of our main eventers is now being represented by Alan Dershowitz. So uh, but that's, that's for another, that's for another podcast. Yeah, man, um, I yeah, so, so punk is the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Punk is the guy, but what's so funny is he was so undervalued when I was there. He was, he was doing his debut in ECW, and usually you have to have somebody cut the entrance video, and it's usually a senior producer if it's an important person. They had my production intern, not even a full employee, an intern was the guy who made CM Punk's first entrance video, wow. and that's why it was like it was like the Pepsi logo, like shooting at the screen with like footage from just the <laughs> yeah. Just Incredible. Like that's, that's how <laughs> yep. low value he was, that they're like, well, we're putting this guy on TV, have the intern cut together as his Titantron video. And the, the last thing I wanted to say was I, I, yeah, I don't know if anyone has changed wrestling more in the last 10 years. Like, I don't know if we get the Brian push. As uh, Nick Khan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, uh, Tony Khan's character, um, you know, but like, you know, Seth Rollins, like all these indie guys, Owens and Zane Cole loved him. Yeah. You know, but I think that like punk, really did open the door for that uh balor like i think the amount of in-ring quality that uh permeates through even the most mainstream wrestling you know you could attribute some of that to punk i think they gave more chances like did you look at that first season of nxt and like some of the guys that they push and you know barrett wins the thing over brian but then like slowly as NXT becomes a weekly promotion, it becomes more for guys like Brian and then Cole and Gorgano. And I think punk uh, deserves a lot of credit for that. Yeah. I'm just going to go through instead of, I agree with everything everybody just said. Um, just some highlights for me, the summer of punk was magical. So it was in both WWE and, and ring of honor. Well, obviously his, his match with Cena at money. In the bank is, is perfect. His match with Cena on Raw was incredible. His match with Brock at SummerSlam was fantastic. Uh, he was a really fun Money in the Bank winner. Had a great match at WrestleMania 29. Great match with Jeff Hardy at SummerSlam. Had great feuds with Raven and Joe at, at Ring of Honor. His feud with Ray was awesome. He briefly resuscitated a completely cold and dead Nexus. His shoot interviews are awesome, if you want to look, even in the back. Um, and, uh, you know, like... Uh, just to go through now, now this is something Punk would really hate, which is I'm going to go through his title belt history because I am a Mark. He was a Ring of Honor World Champion, a two-time Ring of Honor Tag Team Champion, ECW Champion, WWE Tag Team Champion, uh, WWE two-time WWE World Champion, three-time World Heavyweight Champion, Intercontinental Champ, two-time Money in the Bank winner. Uh, and on Wrestling Observer, he got best gimmick, best interviews, multiple feuds of the year. I can't imagine him not getting in both WWE and Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. And, and most importantly, he called out the carnies. And he, I don't think you, you know, as, as great as he was at wrestling, he wasn't a carny, um, which is probably the highest praise I can heap on somebody in the wrestling business. You know, he was a mark for himself, but he wasn't a carny. Uh, I, I disagree. And, I just think he was mad that there was only one carnival. Like, I wish he 
he wanted all the car. <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that makes me actually, you know, I, 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 Scott's right. Um, but besides that, uh, you know, since leaving wrestling, well, since leaving wrestling, it's made the roast very easy, uh, yeah. <laughs> which is why we're about to get to the roast of CM Punk. Oh, wait, I do to say this, though. Uh, CM Punk, uh, he got to keep his name, which maybe it sounds like, oh, whatever now, because a lot of these NXT guys, that was nuts then for CM Punk to maintain his name, you know, from the indies to WWE. And that's a testament where it's like, even if they didn't fuck with him, for some reason, they saw the value in his name. Well, they kept the value in the name because they were putting him on ECW and they wanted to draw eyeballs to sci-fi because it was a drowning show. And what's really unfortunate... Hey, you don't say anything shitty about the zombie. <laughs> I, like the, I like the zombie. Uh, sorry, you know... I, second I, best uh, WWE zombie. Second best zombie that they had. But, well, um, third if you want to count Linda. <laughs> what was unfortunate was what NXT... What, what ECW was supposed to be eventually was NXT. It was just... They're going to put all the young, talented workers there with some veterans and then let them get better. And then, you know, Punk was supposed to wrestle Benoit for the ECW title the, the weekend that Benoit wound up killing his family. And the idea was to have these great wrestlers like Benoit working with guys like Punk to elevate them and make that brand successful. They wanted WWE wanted to capitalize on the CM Punk name because they didn't think he was going to transcend to Raw or SmackDown. It was... Let him be the draw for ECW. He's going to play to that niche audience. They're going to tune in to see whatever he does with greats like Elijah Burke. Um, and <laughs> that's why they let him keep his name. And he was savvy enough to adapt that personality. And he was one of the first people to really take advantage of social media when it was the summer of punk, the second one, and he left with a title and he posted a picture of the WWE title in his refrigerator during Raw. And then he went to a Cubs game and was posting. It's like, I'm not on Raw. I'm at a Cubs game. Like, he knew how to play Twitter better than anybody else did at that time. And I think he really pushed WWE social media forward. And that's another feather in his cap before we rip him a new asshole. Yeah. And then we're going to talk about him after, too, right? Because, I mean, there's yeah. so many things to talk about. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Absolutely. There's a lot. There's a lot to talk about. And I, and I think we should end on a high note with him, too, whatever that means. Um, but... It's time for the roast to CM Punk. Who wants to go first? <laughs> All right, I'll I mean, go okay, first. Okay, I will, I will, oh, I will. Okay, I probably have the okay. least amount of joke. Okay, here we go. CM Punk. He's straight edge, but gay Adam Copeland. <laughs> Chris Benoit was having a very nice weekend until he remembered he had to wrestle Punk on Sunday. He's deep dish pizza. Greasy, sloppy, and only fat guys and Chicago natives think he's the best in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I loved CM Punk even a bit after being in WWE, but then he changed his tune quicker than Dimebag Daryl's guitar the moment he got shot. <laughs> he stabbed Cole Cabana in the back so hard, Ric Flair claims he was there in Puerto Rico when it happened. <laughs> He's the Jose Gonzalez of wrestler discourse. I've heard of burning bridges, but brothers, so wrong even Sonny calls you disloyal. <laughs> then he made his return to WWE backstage, the worst stage since stage four cancer. <laughs> this was a pipe bomb in the way that it hurt people and deserves jail time. <laughs> Is he bad at movies or are the movie he's in bad? 
Join video on demand to find out. <laughs> I really can't believe I ever trusted the opinions of a guy who likes Avenged Sevenfold. <laughs> <laughs> Teddy Hart beat up CM Punk because Teddy Hart is a Coke guy. <laughs> <laughs> CM Punk put X's on his hands. Teddy Hart put hands on his X's. <laughs> How do you get beat up by Teddy Hart and then think you could fight in the UFC someday? <laughs> that UFC fight was so quick and gross, I thought it was an Xbox sex tape. <laughs> in Punk's defense, he's straight edge, so it was quicker to get him punch drunk. <laughs> After the fight, he was so out of it. This is finally. After the fight, he was so out of it, right? Uh, the doctor said to him, look in my eyes. What do you see? And Punk said, a cult of personality. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was awesome. Thank you, Scott. I'll, I'm gonna, I'll step in there. I don't know if I'm going to be able to follow that. The Rose to CM Punk. CM Punk got the idea for the Pepsi plunge when he read Paul Heyman's diabetes numbers. <laughs> He's a pioneer, the first man to get someone fired from UFC for winning a fight. <laughs> His personality makes Jeff Hardy's drug use seem completely reasonable. I'm not saying Punk's full of himself. I'm just saying in 2014, he turned to Connor the Crusher and said, you think you're depressed? I'm not main eventing WrestleMania. <laughs> uh, Straight Edge Society sounds like where closeted gay guys go to shit on Christian. Anyway, Mike, are you bringing coffee to the meeting or should I? Uh, he's, uh, he's proof that if you stick to your guns and stand up for yourself, you too can become a commentator for Cage Fury Fighting Championship. <laughs> He fucked Lita, Beth Phoenix, AJ Lee, Kelly Kelly, Mickey James, and Becky Bayless. The only thing he's better than drop at the dropping pem pipe bombs is catching chlamydia. <laughs> uh, he imagine if I said that right. He looks like a hotter Elliot Page. <laughs> he gave Dan Housen permission to use the GTS, so somebody did it worse than he did. <laughs> his ufc run is proof that a nightmare is also a dream <laughs> he called out how evil vince was and then decided to work for noted humanitarian dana white <laughs> uh, he got beat up because if anybody is going to star in girl on the floor it's teddy hart <laughs> he uh made a name for himself on the indies congrats punk you were able to stand out from the likes of Clifton Crunk and Guy still in his Domino's uniform. <laughs> he made Renee Young FS one and done. He looks like the manager of a non-binary donut shop in Portland. <laughs> I, I'm not saying he's a bad wrestler, but he is the first one that makes me think I could do it. <laughs> he is to UFC as Stephen Hawking is also to UFC. <laughs> He's vegan if you're not counting pussy. <laughs> the only person besides CM Punk to walk out on Vince is Vince Sr. <laughs> he used his freedom backstage to use a song as his theme that wasn't even good when it came out. <laughs> and finally, Anaconda Vice is how AJ Styles' church describes gay marriage. All right, that's <laughs> it for me, folks. Uh, who wants to go next? I'll go next. <clears throat> 
CM Punk famously left the WWE after the Royal Rumble, complaining of fatty deposits in his back. It turned out to just be Colt Cabana. (laughs) (laughs) CM Punk is straight edge. He doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke. He doesn't do drugs. His only vice is being a complete asshole. (laughs) He seems like the kind of person who would tell you you're playing with your action figures wrong. (laughs) his personality can best be described as a wrestling website's comment section come to life (laughs) his most famous promo the pipe bomb was just the bedtime story dave Meltzer reads to his kids (laughs) (laughs) then there's the pepsi thing he claims he likes pepsi more than coke no one likes pepsi more than coke that's like picking hydrox over oreos dc movies over marvel movies leno over letterman or alvarez over Meltzer. What I'm saying is Punk drinks Coke and he's a fucking liar. And I'm not afraid to fight him because I've seen those UFC fights. (laughs) CM Punk's UFC career was so bad, I'm surprised it wasn't booked by Vince Russo. In the WWE, Punk was so devalued, ignored, and mishandled by Vince McMahon, they should have changed his name to Shane. (laughs) Punk was the leader of the Straight Edge Society. Named after the straight edge razor, I wish I had to slip my wrist during his segments. (laughs) Beth Phoenix, Kelly Kelly, Lita, Mickey James, AJ Lee. CM Punk has screwed more women in the Divas division than the creative team. (laughs) A mad genius who claims to be the best at what he does, despite being an antisocial nerd who sucks in a real fight and wound up getting sued by his best friend. He's a slightly more in shape Mark Zuckerberg. (laughs) (laughs) and finally he was a member of the straight edge society and the new nexus he's so bad at picking groups to join i'm shocked he isn't on this show (laughs) (laughs) everybody and finally comedy central roast battle season one winner mike lawrence CM Punk, while you sit in your Chicago apartment away from all us wrestling fans, hopefully as alone and uncomfortable as you possibly can be, I want you to listen to me. I want you to digest this because instead of just straight up roasting you, I have a lot of real things to get off my chest. (laughs) I don't hate you, Phil. I don't even dislike you. I do like you. I like you a hell of a lot more than I like most guys that got their start in Ring of Honor. Fuck you, Seth Rollins. Learn to talk Cesaro. I hate this idea that you'll come back and make wrestling better because you won't. Maybe you were the best in the world at one point, but there's only one thing you're good at now, and that's going on Twitter, making your snarky comments and kissing internet wrestling fans' asses. You're as good at kissing internet wrestling fans' asses on Twitter as the Young Bucks are. I don't know if you're as good as Chris Jericho, though. He's a pretty good ass kisser. Always was and still is. Oh my God, Oops, I'm breaking the roast format. <laughs> People still want you back as a wrestler. They've been wanting you back since you walked out of the company in 2014. And all the wrestlers that stayed have been vilified and hated because they didn't quit like you. That's oh right. You're a quitter. You know who else was a quitter and left wrestling? John Cena. But the biggest difference between you and John Cena is that he still respects his fans when he split. Hell, he's more loyal to the People's Republic of China than you are to wrestling fans. (laughs) (laughs) You've tried to make so many failed attempts to be a mainstream star, and it still hasn't dawned on you that that's what they are. Failed attempts. 
The only thing you've proven is that day in and day out in the seven years that you've left is that you can't succeed at anything. You bomb in low-budget horror movies in that octagon. Even as a WWE backstage correspondent, nobody likes you. (laughs) Just like Vince McMahon, nobody cares what you do outside a wrestling ring. And yet, no matter how many times you prove you suck, that you don't deserve lead roles in low-budget horror movies, that your fight shouldn't have been on pay-per-view, that your comic book storytelling and understanding of Marvel canon is subpar at best, that you couldn't even cut it as an analyst on some crappy show on Fox Sports, there's still those people that chant for you. They chant for you on Raw, on SmackDown. Heck, they keep wanting you to pop up on AEW and get thrusted right into the main event scene. But the matter of fact is that shouldn't be the case. And trust me, this isn't sour grapes. This isn't me being a bitter wrestling fan, but the fact that guys like Daniel Bryan and Kenny Omega stuck it out, bust their asses night in and night out, and people still chant for you makes me sick. Oh, Oh, God. And hey, let me get something straight. Those of you fans agreeing with me right now, you are just as big a part of the problem as anything else because you're the ones who still talk about punk on Reddit Squared Circle. You're the (laughs) ones that complain he's not on video game covers of video games he's not even in. And then at five in the morning, you go online and tag punk in your post, hoping for a like or retweet because you're too much of a loser to actually do something with your life. I don't care what punk does next. Maybe he'll call matches with Josh Matthews on impact. Maybe he'll start an (laughs) OnlyFans page for all the nerds that want to see if he's got Pepsi tattoos on his dick. Or maybe he'll just sue his former best friend again for legal fees he's responsible (laughs) for because he has no sense of honor. Hey, Cole Cabana, how you doing? Oh, oh, shit. It's been seven years since he's been gone, and some of you are still waiting, and you're still going to pour attention and love on him when he was just another wrestler who could care less about you. CM Punk is going to continue to be missed despite himself. He's a world-class chump who should still be a world-class champ. You know why he's not a world champ? Because he surrounds himself with glad-handed, nonsensical douchebag yes-men like the guy who owns Pro Wrestling Tees who's going to tell him everything he wants to hear so he'll sign and sell a few t-shirts to fans he has no interest in entertaining who want him back to make wrestling better. And I'd like to think maybe he could make wrestling better. But the fact is, he'll continue to make idiotic decisions to amuse the few doofuses that will support him and do dumb passion products for what's left of his stupid fan base. Let me tell you a personal story about CM Punk. When I met him backstage at a show and he rolled his eyes and I told him I was a wrestling fan, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm being silenced. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Holy End shit. the show. Unbelievable. Only second to Deacon Batista. That's the only thing that's been better on the show. Unbelievable, Mike. That was that was (laughs) fucking amazing. So funny. Thank you, buddy.